Welcome to Netfront Presence, and I guess I have to go to Sad Voice here, guys. we got Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. You know, a lot of anticipation for Game 4 to see if our heroes would respond with a spirited effort to win one for their goalie and to, to show that Nazem Kadri how it's done. Uh, JT, that did not happen. No, no, it did not. Uh, apparently, the uh, uh, the Blues forgot how to skate. Uh, they seem, seem to step slow all night, and uh, it looked to me a lot. It wasn't quite as bad as game one, but it looked a lot like game one uh, in terms of the ice being tilted to, to Colorado and Colorado just, just being everywhere uh, on the ice and thwarting the, uh, uh, the Blues. Uh, uh, with uh, Colorado's really uh, what's an, an underrated uh, defense, I think, for all the talk about uh, their, their uh, high-scoring uh, – uh, stars and and then uh, which became the, and then kind of morphed uh, the last two games into cadre. Their 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 defense is really really good and uh, it slowed down the Blues. So I I think the Blues five on five play and then it was it was not a good night for Huso. It was a bad night for Huso. They needed him to step up. He gave up a couple uh, soft goals and uh, here we are down three games to one. Yeah, um, you know. This is this is a we should call this like the special doom and gloom edition of Netfront Presence. But I, I was kind of you know just following along there in the in the first period and halfway into the second, where the Blues had you know six shots on goal, five of which were from defensemen. And Perron's goal was the only thing, which was, it was like you know this anomaly in the game when they scored that goal. And they just you know the forwards almost to a man, with the exception of Perron and O'Reilly, just weren't doing anything. And and they had chances sometimes and the passes just didn't work. They would turn the puck over and back the other way they went. And, um, you know, they, they couldn't score a goal and Huso may have had a bad game, but geez, if you, if you generate six shots on goal, five by defensemen in the first 30 minutes of the game, you're not winning. I mean, I don't care. You know, you pick a Vezina trophy winning goalie. It's going to be tough. That's a tough situation to be in, and that's what the Blues did last night. Yeah, there's going to be an opportunity uh, during this edition of Netfront to bag on a lot of different guys, so uh, <laughs> just be patient if you're waiting for us to, to pick on your particular, uh, particularly um, upsetting uh, member of the team. But I guess we'll have to start with Billy Huso. It's tough because, you know, Billy had a, you know, did a great job this year stepping in for Jordan Bennington. You know, kind of got a little bit in and out of his depth there in the playoffs against the Wild, and this was a real opportunity for him and a real critical point in his life. I mean, he's not a kid anymore. He's played a lot of hockey. This was his chance to break out this season. This was his chance to maybe make some money, um, establish himself. He was on his way to doing that. Uh, and, and this playoff opportunity with Bennington being hurt gave him another chance to do it, JT. And he, you know, I don't know what to say, except he just just did not get the job done. No, oh, and uh, boy, a lot of trouble with near side shots. I mean, uh, uh, the, the the kind of the critical uh, what was it? The third goal in the game three loss was one where he just he just didn't seal off the uh, the near side of the net. That was the two on one uh, break. I I think it was the Luckinen, uh goal, and then he had a couple like that uh, last night where boy, if he he had just kind of hugged the uh, the near post better. Uh, uh, he would have prevented a, a goal. And uh, yeah, you're, you're right, Jeff. He, he had a couple chances here to take this thing over in the, uh, 
in, in the playoffs at the start of the series. And it started so promisingly with the, with the shutout win. And, uh, and then he gave, obviously he gave way to Bennington and then he has another chance here and it just wasn't there. And so he probably, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent and, uh, uh, you know, assuming he, he doesn't do a about face here in, in, uh, in game five, he probably cost himself a lot of money, but I, I still think as you, as you alluded to Jeff, he made a lot of progress this year. And I think he's well on his way, uh, you know, to being a very good uh, NHL goalie, but uh, yeah, just, just not happening here. And, and you do feel for him. I mean, when the, just when the team needed him most, it just, it just wasn't there. Yeah. You had to think going into the playoffs that NHL teams were that needed a goalie or were going to need a goalie. We're looking, okay, how does Ville Husso fit in? Can he be our guy? And if he had had, if he had, you know, won four games in the first round, that would have been a big thing in his favor, but it, it didn't happen. And um, you know, he's, you know, now a miracle if the Blues win three in a row, all of a sudden it, they're probably not going to do it without a great game from Ville Husso. So, but it's going to be tough now. And so, yeah, this is a big hit. In some ways, you know, the Blues have simplified their goaltending situation for next season over the, in this whole process, because now you say, okay, Bennington is going to be the guy and Husso probably can be affordably the backup guy. Um, so you know, we'll see what, what happens in the weeks ahead, but uh yeah it's just a it's a tough situation and um you know not much he can do about it other than he's going to go out in game five and play his best game yet but jt speaking of uh you know next year for for billy i mean if you're doug armstrong you say okay we you know we we want uh who's so back but we want him at a at a real team friendly price or you know i had two guys in the hl you know, one a veteran guy who kind of turned things around and gave us a lift earlier in the season. I got another guy who's a prospect and, and they've done fine. Uh, I've got some backup. It, it, it's like all of a sudden he's got all the leverage. And if for some reason somebody wants to pay who some money, then uh, based on what happened in the postseason, you know, Armstrong can look at his other options in the organization, look at his cap situation and, and you know, make a tough call. I mean, that's how dramatic. Uh, and important this this time was for for Huso and given the cap and and what else is happening in the organization, no doubt about it. And uh, I I think Hofer ideally they'd like him to have another year of seasoning. Remember his uh, his twenty twenty one season because of uh, COVID and what that did to the uh, uh, the American Hockey League and 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 whatnot was was wasted. He he hardly got any any time any reps any games. But they basically alternated the, even though. Lindgren's numbers were far superior uh, to Hofer's and Hofer's weren't bad, but they basically alternated those two guys uh, at, at down at, uh, at, at Springfield because they obviously, they just don't want to win in the HL. They, it's, it's really more about player development, but I, I think ideally they'd like to have him uh, 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 play one more year down there. So let me just throw that. What if, what if uh, I, I think what this has done for uh armstrong and 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 he, he probably whatever the price is he's probably not going to want to go higher and, and this is tough for armstrong because he's big on player development we've invested all this time and, and some money on Huso, but he's probably only going to go so far and if it's not i wouldn't be stunned if it's bennington and lindgren at least to start let hofer get two-thirds of the games in springfield and if it doesn't work out with lindgren then you can bring uh 
you can bring Holfer in. I still think there's probably a chance somebody will want Huso in free agency, but it's probably not going to be for maybe the money, certainly not the money uh, had, had he just uh, stood on his head here in the playoffs. Yeah, I think any team that signs him um, will, will not be looking at him as the number one goalie. So, and, and maybe he'll want to move on. I mean, it's possible he'll say, look, there's, you know, Jordan Bennington is still there. I'm going to be Jordan Bennington's backup as long as I'm here uh, because of the situation Bennington's in. So, um, yeah, that'll be a tough one. Though, though the question we don't know is what's Bennington's status going to be going forward uh, with his, uh, the injury suffered uh, in game three. Yeah, hopefully that for him, it, it's not a serious problem, but you know, he's a, he's, he's, you always worried about him getting cut in half because he's, he's not the most, he's not exactly Robin Leonard in there in goal. I don't think, he, I don't think, he, I think you'd take the Zamboni in there full speed and, and not, you know, and, and yeah, you'd push Robin Leonard back into the net, but you wouldn't hurt him. I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, he's been banged up because of his flexibility issues, but just a straight on hit, I think he could take, uh, but uh, Bennington, not so much. Um, a couple of other guys I'm writing about for tomorrow that, you know, We've talked about these two guys a lot, and uh, neither guy's been extremely visible, except for one unfortunate moment in this series, Ivan Barbashev and, uh, and Vladi Tarasenko. I, I expected Barbashev to come out and bang some people in this game, maybe not go try to hurt anybody because he was going to be under a microscope after uh, injuring Sam Gerrard. But I thought we, you'd see him bang around a lot more. And, you know, 91 had a good series, uh, had some a couple of really good games in the uh, Wild Series, made a difference. But, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, he's, he's not been extremely visible. One six-shot game, but otherwise hasn't gotten much done. Now, these are two guys a year away from free agency. Um, Vladdy made his comments earlier about wanting a trade. Barbershev's got a freakish year, regular season that would drive his price up. Um, you know, you're looking at the cap. You're looking at your roster. You're looking at this playoff series, JT. Um you know, I want to judge everything on a couple of games, but, um, but Armstrong is going to look at this series and he started as he starts projecting the cap out and, and neither of these guys have, have, you know, stood in there very well against the avalanche. No. And uh, now Tarasenko did have the, he, he was very active in the, in, the, in game three and, and he, and he did hit a crossbar. I mean, he, he came within inches of scoring last night, but overall he's been, uh, he's been quiet after, you know, five goals. He had five goals in the, in the Minnesota series. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's been disappointing. He hasn't been more of a factor. I, I think uh, losing uh, Robert Thomas as his center uh, really, you know, had an effect on Tarasenko. He seems much better when when Thomas is dishing him the uh, candy. Of course, Thomas, you know, another guy, he hasn't been dishing much candy. I mean, he's, he's one of three of the uh, vaunted top nine that does not have a goal in the playoffs, not not just the uh, this series, but in the entire uh, two rounds, the ten games of the playoffs, Barbashev, Thomas, and Shen Bucinevich <laughs> finally got one last night. But it, to me, it's a little, and I know we're we're straying a little bit off your 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 question here, Jeff. But I mean, Bucinevich did have eight assists and plays good defense, so that was a little a little more. Uh, uh, you can be a little more forgiving there. Even Shen, he, he's played very physically. He's had six assists, but uh, boy, yeah, Barbashev throughout the playoffs, Thomas, uh, uh, Thomas throughout the playoffs, and Tarasenko in this series, just not what you're, uh, just not what you're looking for. 
No, no. And, you know, had the Blues gone out in the first round, we were expecting that, you know, Armstrong would look at this team and redo <laughs> a lot of things. Now they get to the second round and they're going to hit, you know, playing the best team in the league and they lost their goalie. What does that say about what might happen to this team, which we should add still has, is still, it's a best of seven series. So they're not dead yet. Um, but what does it say? How do you look at this team? How do you assess this? You know, and, and which guys do you move from? And that, well, you know, last night was not a cause when you say, well, you know, it's, it's you know, they, they've been hit hard. I mean, that was like, yeah, that, that didn't, that was so, such an unimpressive game for the most part that you, that you think, yeah, maybe they would do something more drastic with this team in the offseason. Well, let's be nice for a, a bit here and say, you know, one of the benefits you've had of this series, and I mean, by getting into a second round, at least you're getting some guys, um, some exposure to what it's going to take. Now, Robert Thomas got exposed to it in, um, you know, in, in his, as a, as a kid, uh, but Jordan Cairo did not. And, you know, he, it hasn't been like a, he hasn't been a consistent force or anything, but uh, uh, th there's value in guys like Cairo. Uh, you know, Nico Mikola was uh, forced to play. Scott Perunovich was forced to play. Alexei Toropchenko got it, earned a chance to play. Uh, Thomas and Kyrie are guys this team is counting on. There are guys, I mean, they're getting an education here. And sometimes the educations are, you know, it comes easier than other times. And it's been, it'll be interesting to see what, what these young guys who some forced to play, others that, you know, were part of the, the key elements of the team, how do they, how do they respond to running into a, a juggernaut like Colorado and going through this? It'll be fun to see what happens with them. Yeah, and throw, although he's a little bit older, throw Callie Rosen in there. I think he's at least shown that, you know, he can be a depth defenseman, maybe, a, a, you know, a seventh or eighth guy that you bring up with uh, with injuries or, 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 or whatnot, and maybe better than that. But uh, I think probably they, they, they want to move Perunovic into that top six, if possible. I, I don't see a way that Nicoletti's back. I mean, maybe, maybe he likes it here so much that he'll be willing to do it for a uh, – uh, a cut rate uh, price, I think. Uh, and, and I'm curious if Armstrong will still think this at the end of the season. I think he thought that the emergence of some of these younger players, particularly Thomas and Cairo, maybe told him that, you know, maybe this window is going to be open longer uh, uh, than, than we think. And, and as some players age, uh, you got Jake neighbors and Zach Bolduc coming in there. So uh, yeah, I, part of me looks at this series as like Colorado's just very, very, very good. They may win the cup. This may be their year. They may win the cup and the blues have not been on even keel with them. I mean, what were we expecting? I mean, they, <laughs> they, they've lost uh, uh, the avalanche have lost, uh, excuse me, the blues have lost 13 of their last 18 games <laughs> against Colorado. So what we're seeing really isn't surprising. I think the blues have, They've narrowed the gap a little bit with Colorado, but they're still Colorado's a better team and the better team is winning in the playoffs. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the blues had such a great record against the wild in the first round and they backed it up. And now we're seeing the other side here in this round where the avalanche, the avalanche is a really good team. And that's something I think we got to remember all this. Bennington could be healthy. Shen could be scoring goals. Terrence could be doing stuff and they could be losing this series because Colorado is a really good team. Yeah, and you know, and, and give them credit. You know, earlier JT you mentioned how they they're a much better checking team than they 
people may think because of their, we think of McKinnon and, and McCarr uh, scoring. Uh, boy, they, uh, you know, they let us not forget they lost the key player in Samuel Gerard, a guy that uh, probably their third best defenseman, you know, right there because uh, he played with them all year. Josh Manson had a similar amount of minutes, but behind the top two guys, real important guy for them. And uh, they lose him. They have to put uh, their choices are, you know, looking at the, the ghost of Jack Johnson, you know, Ryan Murray, uh, Curtis McDermott. They don't have great options going through the playoffs now without Gerard. And yet, man, when it was time to lock it down on top of everything else we could say about these guys, um, well coached, well structured. And, uh, and, and they, boy, they responded. Uh, you know, I, I know Bednar got, took some heat after they actually lost a game in the playoffs in, in yeah. Denver and they settled down media. Uh, <laughs> what are they? Seven, they're seven and one. I mean, simmer yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> To your point, I mean, they, it, it, just give them credit, too, because losing Gerard was no small matter for him, JT. No, no, I agree, agree with you. He was probably arguably their, their number three uh, uh, defenseman. And uh, Darcy Kemper, I've said many times, well, I don't know about him in the playoffs. Well, so far, uh, and again, he's got a lot of support around him. He looks pretty good as a playoff goalie, you know, and, and maybe it changes in the next series, uh, uh, assuming, uh, as we all expect, Colorado advances. Maybe it'll change in game five, but... Right now, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's been spectacular, but he's been pretty good, maybe better than myself, and may, maybe a lot of other people thought he might. He was still kind of an unproven uh, quantity in the in the playoffs. And again, he, I mean, he's still got some some uh, uh, some ground to go, but but uh, he's he, he's been very good in these playoffs. Yeah, color. You know, Colorado's they've they've got the they've got the pieces there, and. Um, It'll be it'll be fun to see how this all goes forward because the next round could be quite interesting. Um, you know, going going whoever survives out of Alberta, um, how these playoffs shape up. But Colorado's got a lot of pieces. Uh, that's there's no denying that, and they're gonna they're gonna keep at it. Well, you know, you trying to you know, and another positive note, just trying to trying to you know, before I get to another negative, I you're looking <laughs> at. Um, I, I obviously have liked Ryan O'Reilly and I was impressed that he and he and Pareko managed to get through um, a really one-sided game five on five um, and reasonably between them, they played almost, you know, about 49 minutes and, and, and stuff bad, mostly good stuff happened on their watch relative to their teammates. And, you know, we expect that from O'Reilly. Um, you know, again, I didn't mind Pareko. Pareko is always going to get heat for not running over people, but he logged a lot of time, but, at least he came out of this game. Those two guys uh, are guys, I think, when you look at this team going forward, you know, Pareko coming back from his back injury, O'Reilly being what O'Reilly is. Uh, I, I think those are two reasons, to JT's point about the window being open, that I, I still think there's many playoff trips ahead for this team because there is, despite what happened, uh, you know, some guys to drive this thing forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pareko's uh, uh, played uh... – Played pretty darn well in the uh, in in these playoffs, and he may he, he I, I think he is what he is right now. He's not going to be a great defender or great great defenseman, but I think he's a really good defenseman. He's just not going to suddenly turn into Chris Pronger and start have that mean streak. It's just not going to happen. I mean, he's been in the league how many years now, guys? So that's that's not going to change. But uh, you can win with a guy uh, uh, like that. 
And O'Reilly, I mean, there, there were some doubters uh, during the season. Well, he's lost a step again. And we may have covered this on a previous net front. He's, that COVID really set him back for a while, much longer than the uh, time where he was out of the lineup. But, uh, boy, as soon as it was time to get going at the end of the season and on into the playoffs, he, has, uh, he sure has responded. Pareko's taken more shots, it seems, and more more uh, injury-inducing slap shots in this uh, postseason than we're used to seeing him. You know, in, in this series, and if the Blues don't get power plays, they're not going to win. That's what they need to do. And that was something I thought we would see yesterday. On my, you know, postseason bingo card, I had early penalty, early power play for the Blues. As If I had to pick a center square, that would I thought they were going to get one. And they didn't. And... The longer this series goes at five on five, the worse it's going to be. If they don't get power plays, they're not winning. So the, now here's a negative question. I mean, and, and the chief really didn't have an answer for it. Um, but in terms of just the, the why, the lack of response. And I think, you know, the mention of the disappointment, um, I think it was Prawn talking about there need to be, you know, more fight from the group. And, and, and really from the chief's perspective, um, you know, there were so many guys that didn't play well. Uh, well I mean, I understand Colorado is good, but it's not like the Blues took their best shot at him. So I guess the question becomes, and it's, it's a little more challenging, <coughs> excuse me, is um, why, why doesn't a team respond more collectively with more drive? You lose your goalie to a guy that's got a, a history of doing this. It, it, there, it seemed like an ideal rallying point. You know, and, and Cadre had his own rallying point with the harassment that he took, which is stupid. Whoever the morons that did it, you know, um, and, and in general, I think he was wanting to defend himself and his reputation, which is understandable. His motivation, we understood. Where was the Blues motivation? I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, um, I think the fans were more fired up for this game than the Blues were, um, at least outwardly. I, don't, I mean, it just never, never got going, JT. Yeah, yeah. The Blues have played two good games in this series, and and and, and two bad games in the series. And the uh, the two good games were games two and three, where it was based. They they actually outshot Colorado, very high volume shot team, and uh, it was the ice was level. They, they were evenly contested uh, games, but games one and uh, four, and again game game one that you had one of the best probably two three four games that Bennington's had in his career that's the only reason why that game went into overtime this game you didn't get uh you didn't get get uh a good uh uh good goaltending at all from uh Huso. but where where was the rally around Ville? I mean yeah it was just very puzzling and when I asked him why the five on five play was so lacking because the Blues showed at least to a degree in games two and three that they could play some five on five. And he just, not only did he said he didn't know, but he put up his hand like a stop sign, like don't even finish the question because he doesn't know. Yeah. Just very puzzling. Why, uh, uh, why it wasn't there from, from uh, uh, all of the players. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to figure how, how many times do you hear players say, boy, the playoffs, this is what we dream for. And you're going to go all out in the playoffs. And it just, uh, just wasn't there last night. Yeah, it's just weird when you think of all the things that they they could have and should have done and were, were there as motivation. And you would think they played enough with Huso that it wouldn't be like, oh, no, we've lost Jordan Bennington. We're doomed. We have no chance. But that's kind of how they played it, as though, well, you know, Bennington got hurt and we're, we can't compete, which they obviously 
didn't feel that way because they've seen Huso all year long. So I don't get it. It it made it made no sense. But um, but there we are. Yeah, and you know, for old timers like me, um, you know, the Blues back in the day after the Kiprios incident. I mean, the Blues did the best they could to rally behind you know, John Five Hole Casey. Um, and, you know, and they, and it was an amazing, they had some amazing hockey and then unfortunately ended with a, a really long shot past a goaltender who would subsequently do laser uh, eye commercials. Um, but um, here in, here in town, and that was an unfortunate, you know, they, they hung in there and, and they played. And of course you had great leaders on the team and you had, you know, Keenan with his uh, legends of hockey uh, lineup that he had. But they, they rallied around the guy as best they could. The poor Casey had been in Peoria all year, and, and they got behind him, and they took a run. And it just um, – you know, I don't want to do the old call out the leadership thing, but you want to see these guys at least go into game seven and give it their best shot. At least make it difficult for Colorado to, 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 to move on, right? I mean, you know, don't just give them the free pass. I'm going to be interested. I mean, you know the Chief's not happy. He's going to step on him one more time. So uh, – I'll throw it to you, JT. What do you think? Do you think they can at least come out and, and, and give it a go and, and, and give you something to look at for making the trip out there? <laughs> well, you know, the chief hit the uh, we didn't compete button after game one, and that seemed to work. But if you're Baruby, how often can you go? How often can you play that, that, that card? On the one hand, this is a team that really, to me, has shown a lot of resiliency throughout the season, but I got to tell you, Jeff, I, I, I just don't see it. You know, uh, the, uh, if you're the blues, you're like, this is, if not the top team, certainly one of the top two or three teams in the league we're facing. And we got to beat these guys three games in a row, including twice at an arena where they never lose. I mean, uh, they've, they've lost only like six out of, uh, like 47 games there in regulation this season playoffs and regular season. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I can't see it happening, you know, and I, 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 I wonder, I mean, if, if the blues get off to a bad start and strangely they've scored the first goal in all four games, they get, if they, if, if they get off to a bad start uh, Wednesday, it could get, but, but ugly, it really could. Unless this is all part of the master strategy, they are lulling Colorado into this false sense of security. <laughs> well, Colorado okay, saying, huh? oh, we got this. You know? And uh, and maybe that's what's going to, you know, they'll, they can sneak up on them. And this is when, you know, the optimist decides, well, you know, if they can win game five, then they come home, they got game six in, in St. Louis, and, and they can win that one, and then you force a game seven where anything can happen. But, heck, Colorado's been great on the road, too. I mean, you know, who's to say that, you know, you win game five, that Colorado's not going to come back here and win game six? Uh, it's going to be tough. It is going to be really tough, and the Blues are going to have to get everybody at the peak of their game or someone and something really drastic to happen on the Colorado side. Uh, JT, are you starting to get memories of the early Rams days when the, the Rams and the 49ers wasn't so much of a rivalry as a as – a, as a, punishment with Todd the heat kitchen and all those guys taking the, uh, you know, taking the pipe against, uh, I, uh, from all the things that Nazim Kadri said after the game, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think I heard him say, uh, same old sorry ass, uh, blues. <laughs> I don't think I heard that. <laughs> oh, the memories. All right. So JT, if let's say they get two on Huso with, uh, three minutes into the game, Chucky Sideburn. 
Well, I don't know about two. May well, of course, three could be too late. But I tell you what, were you guys as soon as it was four to one? Mm-hmm. I was looking. I my eyes turned right <laughs> over after it was fried, right over to to, to Charlie Lindgren and to mm-hmm. see is, is he loosening up? Uh, is he looking down at the coach? And nothing happened there. Maybe uh, uh, the chief thinks it, it would just be just totally unfair to uh, Lindgren. But uh, you know what? At that point, let's let's just say your scenario. They're up two nothing. Three minutes in. Why not? Why not? What do you what do you have to lose at that point? Yeah, I think last night they may have Luzmus may have felt heck. Huso hasn't played in so long. He needs to see shots. So we'll let him leave him out there and we'll let him see shots in game five. Would that be different? Yeah, and Lingren didn't budge. I think Lingren was sitting like the exact same position that whole time. But it, I, I guess you know at that point, why not? If they were to fall behind and. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, though, no playoff experience in his, you know, multi-year NHL career. So that that would be a really tough spot. And it may not be the biggest vote of confidence you can give to Ville Husso to, to yank him out of that one for a, you know, pretty much a career minor leaguer. Uh, you know, but maybe if they're thinking, well, we're, we're not going to re-sign Husso anyway, so why not see what uh, Charlie Lindgren can do? It, well, I, think, you know, I don't know. <laughs> It would be a huge insult, JT, but at some point, if it gets real bad and, you know, and, and you fear that there's a, there's a chance it could, right? Because you having watched, you know, the game four where they had every motivation, they were at home and the fans were jacked and you saw what happened. And as there's every opportunity, there's every possibility that this thing could go horribly wrong. And at some point, you know, it's like you're going to have to come out and put the tent over the net, you know, and, you know, just say, hey, it's, it's over, right? Just saying, I hate it would hate to get to that point, but you know, you'd also want to, you have to have some mercy too. Right. Cause I don't want to see the, I don't want to see who's end up just demoralized after this. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. If you think that gives you the best chance to win, you can't worry about any feelings that you hurt, any contract situations, whatever you just do it. You, you just do it. I mean, we saw it with Barubi uh, in the season when uh, the $6 million goalie was, was sitting because Huso was, one of the top two or three goalies in the league from the beginning of January to the end of February. But uh, yeah, if he, if he's struggling and boy, it, it fell apart fast, but to a point Tom made earlier, there there was a time when it was like the shots were 20 to six. And in my mind, I'm like, this can't sustain itself sooner or later. Colorado's going to start scoring goals and they, they did in, in, uh, in bunches uh, right there. You're, you're, you're not going to, beat this team as good as they are without really, really good goaltending. And uh, I don't know if uh, uh, Chucky Sideburns is the answer, but uh, Ville, it doesn't look like the answer right now. No, no, it was not, you know, Husolo had a, had a really good year, played a lot of really good hockey. Um, playing against Colorado is a different, uh, is a different animal. So uh, it will, it, yeah, there's no way they win this without, getting a whole lot out of him, but also, I mean, he needs to face fewer pucks. I mean, they, they can't be allowing even to a high volume team, uh, you know, they just can't let the, let Colorado have the puck that much. That, that's going to be a situation you can't escape from. Well, the good news is, as we wrap up this edition of net front presence is that, um, you know, the game is not, you don't have to stamp as light. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad news is we've really done a poor job of getting you fired up for the, <laughs> For, for game five we've already started talk breaking down the the offseason which is never a good sign when the team's still playing but 
Uh, JT, it's just, you know, I mean, you know, at this point, man, you just not much more you can add. It's, it's really hard to come up with. Is there one thing you could say that might cheer up a Blues fan right now after, uh, after what you just witnessed? Yes, there is, Jeff, and it's this. <laughs> We've been wrong before on the net. <laughs> C, uh, comma, Vladimir Tarasenko. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we're wrong again. All right. Tom? And I, and I would say the power plays look, does look good. You know, they, they got some stuff going there last night. So, um, you know, I, I think they got they got that going for them. All right. Well, there you go. On a high note, we'll finish up this time for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This is a net, net front presence. A reminder that all of our podcast videos, all of our extra special content is available on stltoday.com. Don't forget to check out our if you're not subscribing to Pinch Hits, we've got a lot of extra coverage of the Cardinals farm system, which has been pretty timely, our investment in that coverage, because now you know it seems like much of the Memphis team is now up with the Cardinals. So we were uh, we were wise to make that investment. So please support local journalism. Until next time, for Jim and for Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya.